This is the Birth Village Podcast. Welcome back to the Birth Village Podcast. I am your host, Morgan Brower, and I am joined today by Autumn Porter, who is a doula here in Southern Utah. Welcome, Autumn. Hi, thank you for having me. Autumn and I took our doula training course together, which is really fun. And so we've been sitting here chatting and finally I was like, oh my gosh, we need to start recording. This is all too good. We have to put it on the podcast. Um, So if you're getting a little bit of like hyper excited to be together energy, yes, you are. Because we are excited to be together. Um, She's awesome. And she's got an awesome story to share with us. And so we're going to, let's just jump right in. Yeah. Okay. So Autumn, why don't you tell us a little bit about just yourself and like your background, where you come from, your like families, like I know you got some big families, yeah. so let's hear about that. And, um, and you know, let that lead into your interest in birth. Okay. So, um, like you said, my name is Autumn Porter. I am 26 years old. Um, prim- primarily from Southern Utah, but I was actually born in Salt Lake. So uh-huh. I lived there for a little bit, but, um, yeah. So, um, how I became a doula. <laughs> so I've kind of been one of those people that's done a little bit of everything. Um, so when I was 18, I was still a senior in high school. I actually went to school and got my cosmetology license and did that for a few years because I wasn't ready to commit to going to nursing school quite yet because I was huge. <laughs> yeah. Lots um, of school. Yeah. Lots and of money to spend. Don't love school myself. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I did that for a couple of years and then um, did end up getting my CNA license because kind of wanted to maybe go into the nursing thing. So Just dabble. Yeah, dabble in it a little bit. Um so did that, started nursing school. Um, meanwhile, I was married. I, I got married when I was 20 years old to my high school sweetheart. My husband Aww. and I actually just, um, January 1st, we've been together for nine years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So um, he's been a mechanic his whole life, so he still does that. And I was just trying to find my own because um, I really had no idea what I wanted to do in no direction. I knew that I wanted to work somehow with mom and babies or birth like I've just been fascinated with birth since as long as I can remember like if you ask anyone (laughs) about me as a child or even a young adult like I've just always loved babies and I'm just a very natural born nurturer so so interesting so even as a younger child you were like really into the babies yeah yeah always like my so I guess we'll backtrack a little bit. I was getting a little ahead of myself. So um, my dad's family is quite large. So he is, um, I think, the second oldest of 10. And he comes from an FLDS background. So all of my friends and family from that side, uh, it's very large. Yeah. And there's lots and lots of kids. Lots of babies everywhere. And lots of cousins similar in age to me and stuff. So And younger probably too. Yeah. So you're like not only you're seeing all these young babies. Anywhere that I went, there was kids (laughs) everywhere. Fun. Yeah. And then on my mom's side, she has two sisters. One of them has no kids, but one of them has three. And at one point, like we lived with them. So all six of us were in the same house. And my aunt always had a ton of kids that she was watching and stuff because she was a stay at home mom. So I've always been around a lot of kids. And then meeting my husband, he's the youngest of seven. And so he has 
I think there's 13 or 14 grandkids on his site already and so he has a lot of younger nieces and nephews already already nieces and nephews 14 nieces and nephews yeah and so okay we're having another baby in april and then he also has a brother that's having a baby in may (laughs) so i think it's gonna be like 15 or 16 or 14 or 15 somewhere in there there's a lot of them (laughs) high teens (laughs) yeah so there's lots of kids in his family too how fun so um yeah we young married couple I had no idea what I was gonna do just like dabbled in things here and there I'd worked at a coffee shop at one point but got my CNA (laughs) license I was working in a um long-term living facility but it was also a rehabilitation center for like um people who had gotten surgeries and stuff and needed okay. physical therapy. So I'd working there and going to school for nursing. So I was almost all the way done with my generals. I had one semester left and then that's when the big COVID hit. Yikes. Okay, wait. Nursing with the intention of going into labor L&D, and delivery. Mom, baby. Mom, okay. Baby. Yeah. So um, I just knew that that was my calling. I've just always known that I wanted to work with mom and babies and somehow somehow didn't know how it was gonna happen (laughs) but that was my plan and so I was like well that just makes sense okay and then womp womp COVID yeah and (laughs) we had talked a little bit that in the working conditions I was in at the time was literally like working in an apocalyptic Uh, world like we're like scary movie yeah there's like plastic taped over doors and stuff like wearing gowns and goggles and these masks you can't breathe out of and I had gotten COVID at one point and had to work through it because there's people sicker than me everyone's sick on the staff like when you're a healthcare worker you're yeah you're expected to have to take care of these people you know so yeah. I think I got like the first two days off <laughs> that were the worst dang and then had to continue so my heart kept me in it for a couple of months because I knew they needed me but finally I was like I literally can't do this anymore I've never been more miserable and like I can't commit to being a nurse right now because I don't know how this is going to play out and I don't know how much of this is going to change the healthcare world that we know and I just I'm a very natural minded individual and I have been raised that way my whole life. Like growing up, we did not go to the doctor unless we were dying or (laughs) broke a bone or something that we really had to. Like anytime we were sick, we healed at home with like herbal stuff. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I'm used to. And so, um, going like seeing that and how much things were changing, I was like, I really need to take a step back and reevaluate my Mm. life. Yeah. And at the time, I think, I was 23. So I left there and I had, I went back to work at a coffee shop um, that I had worked at previously and I loved it there. (laughs) So I knew that if I was taking a step back and just wanted an easy job that I could just re evaluate my life essentially and try and figure out who I was again. Yeah. Cause I felt like everything that I'd been working forward or working towards and looking forward to was like completely just in shambles. Yeah. And it was kind of scary and like, God bless my husband. He is so amazing and I'm so <laughs> grateful for him. He's just like, do whatever you want. I don't care. Cause like I said, he's had his career since he was like little toddling. Yeah. Like his dad owned a shop. So he worked in it his whole life. So he's set and secure in his yeah. job and it's just, he just wanted me to be happy and he knew how miserable Aww. I was in school. And so when I finally told him I was quitting, he was kind of excited. <laughs> he's like, I get my wife back. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I never would have asked you to, but like, is it worth it? So he was actually <laughs> happy about that. So that's awesome. Um, I went and worked over there and we had been married for three years at the time. 
And I was putting off a baby because I was like, if I'm going to dedicate this much of my life to schooling, like I don't want to bring a kid into that Mm -hmm. because I didn't want someone else to have to raise my kid just so that I could get a career, especially when I really didn't have to have one. Like this was all my own wants and stuff. So um, I started working in the coffee shop for a couple of months and my husband and I kind of talking about it. Like, you know, if I'm not going to do this, maybe we should just have a baby. Like, 23 is super young. I'm well aware, (laughs) but I was like, I want to have kids really young. And so did he, we didn't want to be in our thirties, just barely starting because we want to be able to be still kind of young when our kids are grown and be able to enjoy them and our grandkids and stuff. Like my mom had all her kids by the time she was 23. (laughs) Yeah. She had three or maybe 24. She had three like right on top of each other. Like every 18 months there was another (laughs) baby. So, um, I kind of wanted that because I, my mom is super young and like, she's literally just, yeah, she's starting a whole new life in her forties right now. Like she just moved to Alabama. Her kids are grown. She doesn't have to worry about them. And she is a very active grandma too. So I'm like, I, I, I like that life. I like that idea. So I was like, well, I think we should have a baby. Let's get started. Yeah. He's like, okay. So, um, we, had a trip planned to Mexico. We went to Cabo San Lucas with my whole, with my um, siblings, my mom and her boyfriend, because her boyfriend had traveled there a couple of times and okay. I really wanted to go. So I was like, hey, if we want to go, do you guys, will he take us? And so it turned into like a whole family vacation. We <laughs> went for a week. And so I was kind of like, maybe we should just start trying. Like we're going to be in Mexico. It could be so fun. Sure. (laughs) Um, So we didn't end up getting pregnant in Mexico. So no Mexico baby, but we did get pregnant (laughs) the month after. So it only took us two months. (laughs) Let's talk about that really briefly. Yes. Why? So I have done family planning since I was married. Will you explain what that means for anybody who doesn't know? So um, I am not on any form of chemical birth control or like IUD or anything like that. Um, I religiously track my cycle and in the beginning I did do, um, the temperatures and stuff in the morning where you take your temperature right as you wake up and Mm -hmm. record it. Um, so when we were really actively trying to prevent, I did that as well. So I'm once you got the hang of it, you were super regular. You stopped being so religious about your temperatures and stuff. Cause I didn't have to anymore. I knew my body enough. Like I told you this early, like I can feel when I ovulate, it's really weird. Like I can tell which side it's coming from just because I get like a sharp little pain and it's always in like that window. So like I know when I ovulate. Yeah. So I, that's why it didn't take us so long. And I was doing ovulation testing just because I am a huge control freak. (laughs) And I was (laughs) like, well, if I'm going to try, I want to know if it's going to work sooner rather than later. So then we can like make other plans. So I started ovulation testing and yeah, within two months, um, we were pregnant and then I was like, oh my gosh, we're pregnant. Like, what do we do now? So sorry, let me just interrupt you really quick. The reason that I wanted you to tell about your natural family planning, and I'm just plugging this in for our listeners. Um, it, it's, it makes somewhat of a difference is being able to, um, just have your body do what it's supposed to do without any of the influence of having previously had chemical interference yes. and, and stuff like that. So just, just a little plug. You guys know what I, who I am and what I yes. do. So just a little plug. Well, and it makes some. you feel incredibly different. The reason why yeah. I started family planning was because I had been on birth control for a couple of years and I noticed one day that like my birth control packaging had changed and I was like, and so I asked the pharmacy and they're like, oh, they just changed manufacturers, but it's the same thing. 
within four months, I was like a different human. I was so sick. I was like starting to have really bad gut issues. Like I thought I had an autoimmune disease. I was like getting ready to go to the doctor because I was like, what is wrong with me? I'm going crazy. My hormones were all over the place. I didn't even want to be physical inti- physically intimate. So it's like, why am I even on this? Mm-hmm. You know? So I told my husband, I'm like, I think this is the birth control. Like I really think I should get off of this and just let my body relax. I've been on it for several years and this is not me. This is not normal. Something is wrong. So I got off of it and I feel like it took almost a year for me to yeah. feel normal. Pretty again. common. But yeah. I did have all that time for my body to just be my body. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it made getting pregnant very easy and knowing yeah. that I was pregnant and yeah. stuff. So that plus the education of, of your cycle because you were naturally naturally preventing um, gives you the education is the same mm-hmm. so that when you're ready to get pregnant, you're like, well, I, I know how this works. Yeah. So yeah. So, um, so you got pregnant two months <laughs> to try. Yeah. And then it was like, Oh, this is real. Like I have to decide what I want to <laughs> do now. And coming from the background that I had, like my mom having natural births, um, she had all three of her children um, natural with a midwife, but she did give birth in a hospital. And by natural, you mean unmedicated. Unmedicated, totally yes. Unmedicated. So sorry. Okay. Um, yes. No, it's it's fine. Yeah, completely unmedicated. Just people say different things and yeah. mean different things. Um, she did unmedicated. So okay. she didn't have any form of pain relief whatsoever. And then um, they, she did not have the option of doing water or anything either. So she just, in a bed, had her babies. What a champ. Literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and then um, my, like from my, like I was saying, my dad's side of the family is yeah. pretty natural minded. So that's very familiar to me. But it's also really scary. Like it really is if you're not educated and you don't know what you're getting into yeah. and you haven't really looked into it and it's not your reality. I mean, it can be kind of intimidating. So I was like, what am I going to do? Why do you think that is that it can be scary and intimidating? I agree with you. I just want to know your thoughts on that. I think it's really when it comes down to it, it's the unknown. Is you, you don't know what to expect. Like, yeah, everyone knows birth is somewhat painful, Mm -hmm. but you have no idea what that actually means. Yeah. And you have no way of really gauging your pain tolerance when it comes to that either because you don't know how your body processes that you don't know how your body helps you with that or you know yeah yeah totally so and also just like the fear of unknown is birth can be unpredictable sometimes Mm -hmm. like you cannot control how long it's going to be you can't control anything that's happening you just have to surrender and let go and let it overcome you so um me being the control (laughs) freak I am I was like can I do that sure like so I um set or I uh knew of a midwife uh-huh. that some of my friends had used. Let's shout her out. Um her name is Helen Barlow. I love her to pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is a um CPM and uh, she works in Hildale. She has her own birth center in Hildale, Utah. I so. have heard nothing but amazing things about her. Pure angel of a woman. Yeah. So um I had her number. She does not do a lot of advertising because she is busy you know all midwives are really busy so um I knew of a friend that had her and I had her contact information so I had called her um didn't hear from her so I texted her and she got back to me um and we set up an appointment and then I called my um uh like female doctor's office Mm -hmm. I was with Valley OB at the time 
um, just like for my yearlies and stuff. I didn't really have like a specific doctor, but I called them, told them I was pregnant and set up an appointment for the day after. So I was like, I'm going to go meet both of these places and talk to them and just see if I can make up my mind. Yeah. So I, I can't quite remember. I think I was six or eight weeks at the time that I went to go meet with Helen. Um, I went to her birth center and, um, uh, got in to see her. It was honestly so nice. Like I showed up, there was nobody else there. I got right in, (laughs) didn't have to sign any papers. (laughs) I didn't have to wait for who knows how long. Yeah. Like it was very just simple and easy and very friendly. Yeah. It was not like, it didn't feel medical at all. So I felt very comfortable there. Um, anyways, I got right in to see her and I just started asking her questions and she asked me questions. And, um, by the end of that time I had been in there for, I think almost an hour and a half. Mm. And she gave me all the time. It didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel, she was just answering your questions. What kind of questions did you ask? Um, so I asked, um, just like how her process worked. So, um, she's got at the time, so her birth center has been remodeled since then, but at the time she had, um, like, a uh, like a visit room and then she had a birth room and then she had three recovery rooms and the visit room could also turn into a birth room if she needed oh, it to. Okay. So she could have two moms in labor. However, I mean, there's five rooms, so there could be five people in labor if they needed to visit rooms as in for her prenatal appointments. And yeah, stuff there like we that. go. Like a okay. prenatal room appointment room. Um, I'm also pregnant right now, so my brain doesn't work. <laughs> I can't think I'll of cover you. I got you. Um, so I just asked like, so what does it look like? When do we meet? Like mm-hmm. how, obviously how much does it cost and things like that. And, um, she had her own questions. I don't exactly remember what they were, but, um, by the end of it, I left and I canceled my OB appointment. I was like, Oh my God, this woman, I don't know what it is about her, but she is just like the most kind, just friendly, welcoming individual. Like I felt like I could just trust her and I was so comfortable with her. And already I felt like I had so much control over the situation in a sense that like, I knew she would support me in any decision that I had. Cause Mm. I asked a bunch of different questions about like, um, what happens with baby? Like right after they're born, like how long do I stay here? Can I go home right after? Can I have a home birth if I want? Like just, I had no, I knew I had so many options Mm -hmm. and so many more than I would have Mm -hmm. in a hospital setting. Yeah. Uh, Another thing that I love about, um, asking the, the midwives, the questions, like any doubts that you have, it's like, they have an answer for everything, but they're also not like blown smoke. Yeah. They're very straightforward. Like she even gave me a packet with like all of the, um, so any, like prenatal screening that you would have or any newborn screening, like she does all of it. Yeah. So the same that you would get in the hospital, she does as well, but it's like, this is available to you. This is why we would do it. If you don't want to do it, that's fine too. But like, here's the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. There's like a whole roundabout informed consent. That's the word. Yeah. Very, very, very pro informed consent. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, it's like, I don't want to say overly informed, but you are, 
you're perfectly informed almost and perfectly supported in your decision no matter what it is yeah so um granted this was my first child i had no experience in a hospital setting (laughs) i just knew that hospitals gave me tremendous amount of anxiety and i just especially after all the covid stuff exactly when we were working so i wanted nothing to do with it i didn't want to go there when um at like before um, the COVID thing happened and stuff and I had to work back on the floor. I was a restorative aide, and that also included, um, doing some, um, visits or taking, um, some of the patients to like the hospital to do some of their appointments and stuff. Mm. So I had been there too, and it just didn't feel homey. It didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. And, um, I very much thrive. Like I'm such a homebody uh-huh. and I very much thrive in my own environment and, like that to me is control in a way. Sure. And um, I have major anxiety, especially when it comes to anything medical, like just the thought of it. And so I was really just trying to find what I thought was going to be best for me in my situation. And um, my husband, um, I, we, obviously we had talked about how I was really on the fence and I had no idea what I wanted to do. And so when one day after work, he came home and I was like, this is before I met Helen. I was like, I'm really thinking that I might want to do um, this birth with a midwife instead of the hospital. Like, how do you think about that? And I'm thinking he's gonna be like, you're crazy. Right. There's no way you're doing that. <laughs> Normal husband stuff. Yeah. And he looks at me and he's like, well, that makes the most sense to me anyways. And I was like, excuse <laughs> me. He's like, well, people have been having babies since the beginning of time without the hospital. Like, yeah, it's there for oh a reason. My gosh. You're ready to give him all your answers and reasons. Yeah, and, and I'm stuff. like ready to fight for something I don't even know if I want. And I and he he convinced me into it. Actually, he yeah. made me more like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. So you're right. I yeah. should. Do this. So what an angel he is. So that's I'm lucky I didn't have to deal with that on yeah. the back end. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I left her office and then I was like, well, just, this is going to be what I do. So I instantly, I had the rest of my pregnancy, like the next six or seven months to figure out what I was going to do. So, okay. And now you've decided at this point to do a home birth. No, I did a birth center. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yes. But to go with the midwife, you didn't even see her over. You're like, no, scratch that. Um, what else did you do to prepare for your birth? So, um, I instantly like followed a bunch of birth accounts that I could find like built to birth is one of the ones that comes to my mind that I Mm -hmm. actually recommend to my own clients a lot. Yeah. Um, and I started watching a lot of her YouTube videos. I actually watched any YouTube videos of natural birth that I could find. Um, and then I also started looking into like what kind of classes are available into books like Ina Mae Gaskin. I read her book and I read her breastfeeding book and um, she has an Instagram too. And like, I just dove into as much research as I possibly could, but more so on like how to prepare my mind and my body to be able to go through this labor because I had no idea what to expect. So I felt like the best thing that I could do for myself because I cannot control what's going to happen. And I need to, I need to prepare myself and to try and get myself to release that control. 
mm-hmm. during my pregnancy so that when the time comes, mm-hmm. I am confident in myself to be able to do this. So it, does that come natural to you, like all of the research and stuff or what led you to do that? Oh yeah. I'm a huge preparer and okay. I'm a huge planner. It drives my husband nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I will plan out the next 15 years of my life if I could <laughs> just because I don't know. I'm just a control freak and I've been that way my whole life. And so, um, and it makes me feel productive having like a, I'm a list person and having like bullet points I can check off. Like it just, that's how I feel successful. Okay. So, so to prepare, so we talked about this, I think either on the podcast or earlier, (laughs) but we talked about how birth is so unpredictable. Mm -hmm. So you're doing the most that you possibly can to understand every potential outcome and to how to predict the unpredictable essentially yeah, and to prepare my myself and my mind that I can I can set my intentions for what I want but if it doesn't happen then that's okay and I need to accept that that's okay and that however this birth is going to happen is how it's supposed to and that's that's um I'm not a super religious person and I know everyone who listens isn't, but I do believe in God. Mm -hmm. And so like, I believe that you need to leave it in his hands. And that is what, that's where the control is. Like he already knows what's going to happen. It's in place and we're just going to ride the roller coaster. (laughs) Your control lies in your decision to surrender. Yes. So, and that was my main thing was I took a hypnobirthing class. Um, I took journey with Jamie's hypnobirthing course when she um was still doing them in person she does do an online one which with the in-person class I had access to that as well so I could take the class I was pretty early on in my pregnancy still I think I was like five or six months when I took it okay but I had access to the online part so I could like re-go through everything and I loved that I loved that um because prepare so yeah <laughs> I need to be able to re re-study before this happens you know right so um I loved that aspect of the class that I could take the in-person class and then have access to it to go through everything as the time got closer yeah um so my husband and I took her class together and it was mainly the reason why I picked it is because it was preparing your mind and trying to get out of your conscious mind into your subconscious mind so that you can um, go to your happy place essentially. Mm -hmm. And um, it also taught just different ways to like um, try and ride through these contractions and try and not focus like this isn't pain, this is pressure. Like the more, and to release the fear of Mm. birth, like any fears you have, like put them in a filing cabinet and file them away in the back of your brain because they're there. We need to acknowledge that they're there. They're on the ride. We can access them if we need to. They don't get to be in the front seat. They're not going to (laughs) drive. So, um, that was a huge part of it too, is just really learning how to surrender, learning how to cope and, um, how to just be at peace with what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I really, really loved her class and I listened to the recordings my entire rest of the pregnancy before I would go to sleep or in the middle of the day, if I was going to take a nap, I would just listen to one of them. Like there was a fear release. There was just um, like a relaxation. There was one to prepare um, your mind and body for birth. And then one for when you're in labor just to release so I would go through all of them and just listen and really try and meditate and teach my brain how to relax Mm -hmm. and then I also made myself like a huge playlist of just like nice relaxing spa music that I could play while I was in labor and I would also um 
anytime I was falling asleep or um, laying down to take a nap or relaxing, I would put these on and just try and meditate because I was trying to teach my brain that when these are happening, this is when we're relaxing. Mm -hmm. This is when we're just letting go of the control, letting go of the stress Mm -hmm. and just letting our body be. Mm -hmm. So, um, what a perfect way to prepare. Like, I, I think there are some people who um, have a lot of anxieties and nerves surrounding birth and they are more avoidant because they're nervous. So they, you know, they they don't want to know anything. They push it off. They put their blinders up. And then there's a, this other group of people like yourself who are like, I'm really anxious and scared about birth. And so I'm going to to plan for it and prepare for it. And you're just, you're so much successful if you can, if you can do that. And all it takes is some, some baby steps to well, get there. When I was that other person for a while, like I, I was telling you before the podcast started that um, I remember from being like a young preteen to now where I am now going back and forth, like, mm. oh, I don't know. Like I might just want to get an epidural and not have to worry about <laughs> it and enjoy the experience. Like right. I literally said that before, yeah. but then I'm like, is avoiding it and not preparing really setting yourself up for more success? No, 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 but that sounds like running to me. <laughs> and some people that works great for them. Sure. But for me in my situation, I knew that that was not I do. Well, and I think with an epidural, for example, there are some unknowns and unpredictables Mm -hmm. as well. What if it doesn't work and you went in just counting on the epidural or what if you can't get it until much later than you had planned? And you still have that much time in between to figure it out. So now your experience is is hard and you didn't prepare for the hard parts where if you don't count on the epidural, whether or not you get it, if you've prepared for the hard parts, you're going to be fine. You're going to still have a good time. (laughs) Yeah. So either which way is fine. It's just whatever works best for you. So sure. um, Yeah. Yeah. So I did all that. I read all the books. I just dove into as much research as I could. And at the time, um, the job that I had, I worked mostly mornings and I was off work by like noon or two at the latest. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. So I had a lot of time and my husband works a lot of hours and he works. It's it's not uncommon for him to work six days a week too. So I just had a lot of time on my hands (laughs) to deal with all this and to, to think about it. And And I knew it was all on me. Like I know my husband's there for support, but this is all on me. Like this is happening to my body. I have to do this, not by myself, but kind of by myself. You know, I have all the people around me, but I'm the one doing it. I'm the one who's getting through it. Mm -hmm. Um, So also towards the end of my pregnancy, um, I didn't really know what a doula was. Like I had heard about them. I knew a girl that was one. But like, I never really talked to someone that used one and I never really, you know, met one and like had conversations. So, um, the friend of mine that told me about my midwife also told me that there was a local midwife or a local doula that worked with her quite often. Mm-hmm. And so I got her information and she kind of told me what she did. So Why? I went, why'd you get her information? Because I wanted to be as successful at this okay. as I could. And I knew it was going to be hard. So I wanted as much help as I could. Okay, and so okay. I was trying to do every single step that I felt like I was, could do to prepare myself. Okay. To, okay. You yeah. Know? Cause this is like huge. This isn't just something small. Like you're not just like, Oh yeah, I had a baby. Like this is like at the point in my life, the, the biggest thing I would have ever done. And so I needed to, you know, get myself into gear and prepare myself. <laughs> So all hands on deck, all helpful hands on deck. Exactly. <laughs> and I wanted it to be a good experience. You know, it was my first, like this is going to shape my opinion on my future birth. So I wanted it to be good. Totally. 
Um, so I went and met with her. She's this sweet little old lady. She had been in doula for like 20 years and she was so knowledgeable. Um, and she, she wanted to meet with me because she wanted to see, um, like what my plans were to see if we could work well together, but also to see if I was obviously a good candidate to, um, be doing what I was doing. She wanted to make sure I was going to put in the work yeah, to be able to, um, have this kind of birth. So I really liked that about her that she wanted me to do the work and to prepare and stuff. Like she wasn't just like, Oh yeah, I'm a doula. I'll help you, whatever. Um, so she even gave me some more book, um, recommendations and, um, she is a more hands-off doula. Like, um, most doulas that I know and like myself included do like multiple meetings throughout their pregnancy and then the birth and then afterwards. And she's more like a doula that she's there as much as you need her. So we didn't really set up any other meetings and I, like I had her contact information and I could get as much from her as I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like actual set dates to set things. So sure. I met her and I didn't even see her again until I had my son and I just texted her a couple updates, but, um, so yeah, I hired a doula. Yeah. And then do you want me to go into my birth now or do you, I have one question for you before we get into your birth. You talked a little bit about, um, working at the coffee shop while you were pregnant and and preparing for a home birth in that atmosphere. Let's talk about that. I completely forgot about that. So, um, this is a huge part of my story of why I am where I am now and why I became a doula. So, um, I worked with a lot of younger girls, um, at this coffee, I worked at a drive-thru, so a coffee shop drive-thru. It was not like a Starbucks or anything, like it was <laughs> an actual coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. Um, where, I don't know, you don't, like things aren't just like pre-done you have to yeah it's like all handmade stuff and like handmade baked goods and stuff like that it's really cool place i like a lot anyways i worked with a lot of younger girls and um i had a ton of regular customers and i had been there for a while so like i had some friends and stuff like we kind of knew each other we weren't all strangers so um started to tell people i was pregnant and when i first found out that i was pregnant and i decided to use a midwife i was almost like scared to tell people (laughs) like i told my husband's family and like they were they gave me a really great reaction they thought it was so cool they were like oh I'm proud of you kind of a thing like my mom knew obviously and she's like well I did it you can do it yeah (laughs) yeah telling other people I was like a little hesitant at first so I start like I told a couple of girls that I was working with what my plans were and they're like what (laughs) like (laughs) you're gonna have a baby outside of the hospital and uh, not have an epidural on purpose (laughs) I was like like why would you do that on purpose so (laughs) yeah they're like that's gonna hurt like what what happens (laughs) if something happens and um the midwife that I have is I think about 45 minutes away from the hospital. So she's not super close. But you're also pretty far away from the hospital. Yeah, where you I live. live 15 minutes from her. So I'm at least a half hour. <laughs> and, um, but there is one block over is where the fire station is, where the ambulance is if you needed it. <laughs> yeah. So that, that gave me some comfort. But anyways, back to people. So <laughs> I got a, like a lot of weird looks like, oh, okay, good for you. <laughs> and then... I, I even had like, clearly as I got more pregnant, you can tell I'm pregnant. And so some people were like, oh, when are you due? Who's your doctor? Like what, like just, you know, passing conversations. And so I told a couple more people, oh, I don't really have a doctor. You know, I have a midwife. I'm, I'm doing a birth center birth. And like, what? oh, okay. Like, and I even had some people be like, is that even safe? And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? Is it safe? Or like, aren't you worried if something happens? Like, isn't that dangerous? Mm-hmm. And aren't you scared of the pain? And 
I did have a lot of people too. They were like, dude, that's so cool. Sure. Like, I think that's so cool. You're so, you're so strong for that. And, but a lot of people that I didn't really know personally were kind of questioning my abilities to birth my own child and questioning if I was making the safest decision for my own baby. I'm like, I'm, I'm the mom here. Okay. Yeah. The How person who's going to choose to do what they think is the best for their own baby. Yeah. And that's truly what it comes down to is you're, you're doing what you think is the best. What I think is the safest and, and the what healthiest. you feel like is the safest. Mm -hmm. So how did you, re how did you respond to all that? Well, I like it, how my husband said, like, well, people have been having babies since the beginning of time. Like, I mean, the hospital is wonderful and we have a great hospital yeah, here we for, really um, mom, baby. And like, it's there for a reason. Mm -hmm. It is very much there for a reason. And I know I have access to it. And like my midwife very clearly goes over in the case of a transfer, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. And I even have to sign a paper for treatment. And if she makes that call, then I have to trust her, you know, but I, I trust her enough to know that if she's making that call, it's because it needs to happen. Because mm -hmm. when a problem comes up in birth, and I don't think most people realize it, it isn't, it's not like in the flash of a second, you know, like, um, I, I don't remember who I heard saying it this way, but it's like watching a train come down a very long tunnel. Mm. When you see that light, like you can see something creeping up. It's very, very rare that something happens during birth. That's very like dangerous or traumatic that happens very quickly, you know, and midwives are trained professionals. Like they're not just people out here delivering babies because they think it's cool like they take their job very seriously and they take their licenses very seriously right and they're not here to be superheroes and just like do crazy things like they're here to deliver babies for women that want to have this out of hospital experience in the safest way they can and if they don't mm -hmm. think it's safe they're not going to do it mm -hmm. so and I had that trust in my provider because we had those conversations we had that relationship and so I was just kind of like well like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I was confident in myself because I had been doing all this research. I had been preparing myself. And so when, I don't know, when I got stuff like that, I was just like, it's so weird. Like yeah. I thought it was so weird that, um, that people just were so willingly saying these things to me yeah. and like also you're super hormonal when you're pregnant and like sensitive <laughs> right. and some more than others. And I was just like, you're like, you want me to burst into tears right now? Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. I just found it so weird. And I felt like, in especially in a community where family is so well... Um, supported? Yeah, supported. Like, And people have a lot of kids around here mm -hmm. too. I just thought it was so weird that it wasn't more socially acceptable mm -hmm. it wasn't like yeah like I think it's just a norm you know in the world that I live in yeah. but I do want to say one thing a lot of the time these people are saying these things to you because they've heard something happen to yeah, somebody well, my sister's friend's baby mm -hmm. was this or this happened and it's they like, had to have a c-section and what would you do and and I just want to reiterate the point that you made that things don't just happen in a flash mm -hmm. If they do, you're you're already in the hospital because they happened because of an intervention that you did while in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And those things don't happen in a birth center or at a home birth. And people don't, they really don't realize that. Well, and I don't think people realize the statistics either. How safe it actually is yeah, to have a sure. baby in a birth center or at home. And if you look at most midwife statistics, they have very, very, very low 
hospital transfers. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's something that a midwife will offer to you and like tell you like, Mm -hmm. this is my transfer rate. My midwife, the first day that I met her told me, I don't have any legal action against me. Like I haven't done a transfer in this long. Like I can tell you all my rates. Like it, it's very, very informative. It's not just like they're willy nilly just (laughs) in the back alley. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like it's still a very, very safe environment. So um, yeah, I was just like blown away at how many people I had questioning that is because I'm from my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. Like my family was very supportive. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like that's normal for us. So it's for society to be so different. was just like, like huh. you sure are speaking up a lot on me, a yeah, stranger to had, you. I'd never thought about it before. Like, uh. so. so did you kind of have an answer I mean, eventually you had an answer kind of loaded, locked mm-hmm. and loaded and prepared for when people had these doubts. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of like, well, yeah, it's my, been having these babies. it's my body. Like yeah. it's my body. It's my choice. And this is how I chose to do it. And I'm hoping for this outcome. And if it's different then I accept that. And I, I know my, I know what happens in the process yeah. and I know, mm. I know all. I know how all of it is going to plan out in the end. Yeah. Like, all these things that you're worried about. I, I got I've that thought covered. about them. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So, um, yeah, so I thought that was really weird. Um, so then, yeah, let's talk about your birth now. Yeah. So, um, I had told you, like, I had a little bit of a scare when I was 29 weeks, I had lost my mucus plug and I actually sent my midwife a picture at 11 PM (laughs) and I was like, I'm so sorry. I know it's so late, but like, I'm really freaking out. This just happened. Like literally sent her a picture of it in my hand. Kind of gross, but I was like, this just came out of me. Is it what I think it is? (laughs) And she is so sweet. She was awake and texted me back instantly. It was like, it could be, but if you're not feeling anything, I wouldn't even think about it because I didn't know at the time that your mucus is constantly regenerating. So even if I had lost the whole thing, like my body will make a new one or could make a new one. And so I was just like, okay. She's like, you're not feeling any cramps, are you? Like, you're not this, that, and the other. And I was like, no, I'm. I feel just normal. I just was like, what is this? Yeah. So, um, it happened again at 37 weeks, like to the day, and I had an appointment with her the next day. So I was like, okay. And like the whole time between 29 weeks and 37 weeks, I was just telling myself every single day. I need to make it to 37 weeks. I need to make it to 37 weeks, even though it was so silly, but like that was scary for me. I'd never had a baby before. I was unfamiliar with how normal it can be. And so I just was like, I'm going to make it to 37 weeks and I'm not having this baby in the hospital. Tell the listeners why 37. Because a midwife cannot deliver you before 37 weeks because you are considered full term between 37 and 42. Yeah. So um, just like, I need my plan yeah. to go as planned. If I want <laughs> this plan that I've been making to be successful, then we need to make it to 37 weeks. Right. So we made it to 37 weeks to the day and it happened again. And, um, <laughs> I was actually meeting with her the next day. And so I didn't even text her or tell her anything, but I had met with her in the office and I'm like excited because all of the women on my mom's side of the family, not one of them has gone to 40 weeks. So my mom had me at 36. Whoa. Then she had her next one at 
38 and then the last one at 39 and like the same with my aunt like no one has gone to 40 weeks so I very much knew that it was possible for me to have this baby before 40 weeks but also was trying to keep in my head that I might go to 42 weeks yeah <laughs> so trying not to be excited but like also knowing that it's a possibility and I had told my midwife that up front and I think at first she was like okay like yeah <laughs> we'll not see planning on that. <laughs> so I wanted to know if I was dilating because she had at um when I was 29 weeks the next appointment that I had with her I was still like freaked out I was like can you please just check me like I need to know if I'm dilating yeah. because I need to start mentally preparing myself now if I can't have all the things that I'd been planning so she did and I was only at a one and I was like 50% effaced or maybe a little less than that I can't quite remember what it was to me it was still like okay I feel like that's kind of a lot for 29 weeks but like we're just gonna let it go and I'm not gonna stress it because she very much um was trying to tell me don't plan for what you don't want plan for what you want so put out that just to, she's like tell yourself every day like this is the kind of birth I want this is what I'm planning and that's why I started doing like okay we're gonna make it to 37 weeks yeah but she was very much like don't think about what you don't want only think about what you want and so I was going through the rest or else of like you're gonna that. like put it into the put it into action yeah and you're giving yourself stress for no reason because yeah. you really have no idea what's happening and you really have no control exactly so we made it to 37 weeks and that happened again. And I met with her the next day and I was like, can you check me again? <laughs> <laughs> um, so she did. And I was at a two and I was 75% of face. And when she checked me, like I lost the rest of the plugs. So okay. she's like, okay, now don't get too excited. <laughs> so just because this happened means, doesn't mean that you're having a baby today or tomorrow. You know, this could right. mean weeks down the line. Or it could be tomorrow. Like it could be any time from now to 42 weeks. So don't get too excited. And right. I was like, oh, okay. She's like, you might feel some cramping. You might bleed a little bit. Um, but don't worry about it. You know, that's very normal after this. And I was like, okay. So I go home, go about my day. We go to bed at the end of the night. And at like 3 a.m. I'm like, oh man, feeling kind of crampy. I went to the bathroom. There was a little bit of blood. And I was like, oh, okay. She told me this is going to happen. Just try to go back to bed. I had a little heating pad because... I have really bad sciatic pain during pregnancy. And so I, I used it quite frequently. So it was already there on the side of my bed. I turned that on and kind of just held it on my lower abdomen um, and tried to go to sleep. And I got breaks in between and I was trying to sleep. I really didn't sleep though. Like it was like period cramps, but a little bit worse. And at this point I wasn't tracking anything. So I have no idea really how long they were. And I was trying to sleep. So um by like 6 30 7 o'clock in the morning my husband was getting up to go to work and I was like hey this hasn't stopped I <laughs> don't go to work yeah, I think, well and I even text my midwife like hey my husband's home right now and this has been happening all night should he stay home she's like yeah don't send him to work <laughs> so I started tracking at this point and told him like you need to hang out for like at least another hour or two because I don't know if this is happening and he worked at the time um about 20 minutes from our house. So it wasn't far, but um, I just wanted him to stay there just in case. So I started tracking and they were like two to three minutes apart already. Mm. Yeah. And they weren't bad. They were only like lasting like 30 to 45 seconds. And it was still kind of just like, oh, okay, this is a little painful, but mm -hmm. whatever. I mainly just like laid over my birth ball and tried to breathe, you know, learning all my birth, doing all my birth breaths and stuff. And I turned on my music just to like, okay, if this is happening, let's just get in the zone right now. 
So I texted my midwife and I also texted the doula at the time, like, hey, I think I'm in labor. And my midwife's like, well, I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a birth right now. So if you're doing okay and you're happy to be at home, um, you're welcome to stay there as long as possible. But if you feel like you need to come in, then go ahead. Mm-hmm. So I was completely content staying at home at the time. Um, and then um, I got in the bath. I'm not sure how much long after. Um, just to try and relax a little bit more and things were like two to three minutes apart and they slowed between seven and nine minutes apart and so it was really nice I kind of got a little bit of a nap yeah and I was really just waiting for her to text me back because I didn't want to go in and um, be there when I know they're still busy and I didn't feel like I needed more help at the time Mm -hmm. so I waited and then at 10 30 she texted me she's like hey other mom delivered you're welcome to come whenever you want so we got there by 11 and I had her check me and I was at a five and I was really excited. Like <laughs> I was like, I'm already at a five. Like <laughs> I heard after this, it just is like go time, you know? So, and things were getting a lot more intense and my doula at the time, like I was like, I'm at a five and she's like, Hey, I'll be there in a minute. You know, she worked really close to the schools or she worked, not the school, she's the birth center. <laughs> she works out of school. Oh, yeah, so okay. she's like, I can leave anytime. And this, um, that was 11 o'clock in the morning at the time. So she got right over there and she applied some oils on my lower back and just started doing counter pressures while I was leaned over a birth ball. Um, hands and knees was pretty much my favorite thing. The whole pregnancy or not the whole pregnancy, the whole, um, labor. So I just had a birth ball with me the whole time until I got in the pool. So while I was in like the exam room that we had talked about, like the yeah. patient exam room, when I was in there, they were in the birth room getting the birth pool and I had opted for the blow up one. They do have like one of the porcelain ones that the hospital has. So she has one of those in her um, delivery room, but I wanted the blow up one because it was like squishier on the bottom and on the sides. And with it being my first baby, usually your first baby is your longest labor. And so I wanted to be comfortable as long as I possibly could. You know, I, I knew I could potentially be in this water for a really long time. So, um, I was probably there for like an hour before I could get into the birth pool. Um, so yeah, I was probably like between 1130 and noon that, they had the pool ready for me and I instantly got in. I was yeah. like, I just, uh, I've always been a person who relies on baths and showers and like warmth when I'm sick or yeah. uncomfortable, just don't feel good. Like I, that's, I'm huge into that. So I knew I wanted to get in that tub. And so I got in there and it was like instant relief. I was like, oh my goodness. I even asked my wife, I was like, people do this without water? Like right. how? Because I swear to you, the amount of pain and pressure I was feeling got cut in at least half when I got into that water. It was phenomenal. So I guess this is about 1130 to noon that I got in and um, I had my midwife and then she had a nurse and an assistant and then my doula and my husband. So I was in the pool by myself. I had my husband kind of towards um, like off to the side towards my back. My uh, doula was right in front of me. And then on the other side of the pool opposite my husband was my midwife's nurse. Okay. So my midwife went into the exam room because there's a bed in there and she was just trying to sleep while she could because she sure. was she had been up since 3 a.m. with another birth. Ooh. Yeah. So she's tired. And I'm like, yes, go do your thing. I need you at your best. <laughs> yes. I need you uh, on top of this. So go take a nap. Um. But I feel like I I went relatively quickly when I got into the water. So I was only, so I had my son at three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh. So I was only in the water for 
like three and a half, maybe four hours before it was time. And like I had done, like I watched a lot of videos and stuff to know that like once you're feeling kind of like you have to poo, then you know, your baby's probably going to come out soon. So I labored mostly on hands and knees because that's what was comfortable. Um, I, with every contraction I had, God bless these people because my husband, the nurse and the doula all put their hands on me every contraction I had without me even asking like they just knew and I think my husband was just like following what they were doing they just knew what to do I didn't have counter pressure in the water um it was just their hands so my nurse and my husband put their hands on my back and my doula put her hands on my shoulders um like kind of on my upper back and then if I lost control of my breathing or like towards um, transition, I was getting a little bit more vocal mm-hmm. um, and I was a little bit more high pitched. My doula would be in my ear. Low. We want low voices like roar that sound down. That's going to be what brings your baby down. So she was like there watching me and watching how I was reacting, making sure she was keeping me in the best state that she could mm-hmm. to help me through this process. And Um, then those hands, just every time they were placed on me, it was just like, Oh, okay, they've got me. I've got this. I'm safe. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And the whole time I had my music playing that I had meditated to, um, just really trying to stay in the zone. So finally I'm starting to get that feeling down there and I'm like, guys, I feel like I have to push. And they're like, okay, well, if you feel like you have to push, go ahead and try. So I didn't like full on, like try to push when <laughs> I very first, I was kind of just doing like lower kind of pushing because I, I didn't, I knew that if it wasn't time, I could cause myself more harm than good. Sure. So I was kind of just like tested a little bit to see. And then they had gotten my midwife. So I asked him like, will you just check me? Because I, I don't want to do anything here that doesn't need to be done yeah and like I'm trying to and listen waste to my your body and whatever else yeah I'm like I'm trying to listen to my body but I've also never done this before so I actually don't know what this feels like so she she checked me and I was like a nine and a half I just had a very Ooh. small lip on my cervix and she's like okay so this this is what your options are right here you can just wait and you can keep laboring you can bear down a little bit to see if you can get his head to slide Or if you want, it's thin enough and stretchy enough during your next contraction. I can kind of help you a little bit. I can hold it up a little bit and we can see if it slips over baby's head. Like it's very minimal. And I was like, yep, we're doing it. I I don't want to prolong this any longer than I have to. And so my next contraction, she did. She pulled it up a little bit and I felt that head shoot right down. (laughs) And I knew it was go time. It was the strangest (laughs) feeling ever. It was like literally a water slide inside. I felt his head like shoot into the birth canal. And then it was just right there at the opening. And I was like, okay, it's time. And I don't know why I did this, but since I was like on hands and knees laboring the whole time, I was holding on to like the top part of the birth pool. And I lifted up my left leg kind of like in a, a lunge. And then I had my right knee on the ground, but like kind of pointed out a little bit. And my midwife behind me, she's like, that's a great position. Like a lot of people deliver like that. Like you're doing great. Um, just listen to your body. She was not coaching me. She wasn't counting. Like in bursts, I've been like, hey, hold your breath, push bear down. You know, yeah. it was none of that. It was just me listening to my body and my intuition. And um, uh, anytime I'd feel a contraction, I'd bear down and towards the end I, I'm I'm pretty vocal in labor <laughs> so my midwife or not my midwife my doula kept remind me if you're gonna scream scream low like p- bring those tones down push that baby yeah. out so 
yeah, I pushed for like 28 minutes and that was it. And I delivered his head first and I was like, I'm not ready. I don't know what to do. Like, (laughs) what do I do do now? His head's out, but like, I don't feel like I have to push. Like, he's fine. He's not going to breathe. He's okay. He was just in water inside. He's in water now. He's, you're good. Just listen to your body. And I, I do remember, I was like, I'm not ready. And then. (laughs) <laughs> finally I have I was just gave it one more push and he came all the way out and I was just still leaning over the edge of the birth pool my midwife was behind me holding my baby and she's like Autumn are you, are you gonna turn <laughs> around baby yeah and I was like <laughs> all I could think of is like oh my gosh I, I just did that like yeah. it's over yeah. so I finally get around and I I hold him and my husband actually has a video where I'm just looking at him holding him like I'm just like, oh, 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 like crying, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And my doula at one point has to put a hand on him. She's like, don't drop him back in the water. Cause I'm just like in utter shock. That's my favorite part of any birth video ever. The look the on the mom's part. face. Like just the, oh my gosh, I just did it. Yeah. And yeah, I was really just in so much shock. And so, um, I stay, I just hold him in the pool until my placenta delivers and uh, we did delayed cord clamping. So that's where, so traditionally in the hospital, they usually wait only 30 seconds to a minute before they clamp and cup the cord. With my midwife, um, she is the one who told me about delayed cord clamping. She's like, this is how I typically do it. And this is why, so your baby is born with a third of its blood still in your placenta. Mm-hmm. And you can tell when all that blood has returned to your baby by holding your um, umbilical cord and um, it will go completely white and it won't be pulsing anymore. When, mm-hmm. you pu- when you fill it, when it first comes out, and she actually had me do this. She's like, okay, oh, cool. grab your umbilical cord and fill it. And I could feel it pulsing like a heartbeat. Yeah. And then um, I let go of it and I was just looking at my cute little baby that I just born. <laughs> and then a couple, it was probably like 15 minutes in total before we clamped it and cut it but she lifted it up again she's like okay now fill it and Mm -hmm. it was completely done yeah and it was um at the uh it wasn't completely white with him i think this time around i'm gonna wait a little bit longer okay but it was completely done pulsing it just had a little bit like very minimal um blood left into it and she's like okay we can cut it now if you'd like and so um they clamped it and had uh, my husband cut it and then um gave the baby to him and I was like, take your shirt off, take your shirt off, do skin to skin immediately yeah, so that they could get me out of the pool. But before this happens, this is my favorite part of my whole birth is I am holding my baby, just like staring at him being like, oh my gosh, I did this. I looked at my husband and I was like, I could do that again. That is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I could do that again. And he's looking at me like, are you kidding me? (laughs) You are insane. Did you just hear yourself? And now when he explains it to me, he's like, you know how you say you hate my music? Because it's just, he just listens to like screamo. You can't even understand the words they're saying. He's like, that's how you sounded. And not even five seconds later. There's a time and a place for those noises, okay? (laughs) He's like, not even five seconds later. You're like, I could do that again. And I was like, no, I really could. I was so shocked. Yeah. I was like, there, that is not anywhere near as bad as I thought it could be. Absolutely. Cause I, I consider myself to have a low pain tolerance and like, especially if it's like a stupid headache where it's just annoying. And so the fact that I just did one of the things that's considered like the most painful thing a human can do 
and, and feel you feel that good. way. And, and right after he was born, I just was like, I am on cloud nine. I am literally oh, the yeah. coolest person I have ever met <laughs> yeah, in my yeah, entire yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And no one can ever tell me anything differently. Like yeah. I am like, I was just, I came out of birth as like seriously a new human. Yeah. Like, a new confidence in myself. I care so much less about everything yeah as girl, far preach. as like society and social media and just like the pressure that I put on myself as a woman in general I feel so much less of that now since I did this because I did it I yeah. did it I took the time to teach myself all of the things that I possibly could to do something that I thought was the hardest thing I would ever do in my entire life to, and it, it worked. It paid off. Yeah. So anyways, they give the baby to my husband and I'm like, take your shirt off. <laughs> Make sure like I'm on skin to skin right now so that I could get out. Cause right outside of the pool, they have a little bed that I could get in. And, um, before, before I went into labor, I didn't tell anybody. So I didn't tell any friends. I didn't oh. tell any family. My mom didn't know. Like I did not want to be bothered. I wanted to just go into this with as clear mind as I could with no people wondering what was happening. I didn't want anyone to have any stress. The only people who knew were my husband's boss and if he told anyone, you know? Yeah. So they get me into the bed and they're just like, you know, assessing like they do, making sure I don't have any damage that needs to be prepared or repaired. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm like, I got to call my mom. (laughs) (laughs) So I call her and I'm like, Hey mom, what are you doing? And obviously, you know, she's just like, blah, 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 blah. Tell me. I'm like, stop. I just had Atticus. And she's like, you did not. Like, she's like, you're (laughs) such an, and I'm like, start crying. I'm like, no, I really did. (laughs) And she's like, why didn't you tell me? She was so mad. (laughs) So, um, my midwife, you know, assesses me and sees if I need any stitching. It's very minimal. Like I am pretty impressed of how little of anything that I needed, you know, cause I had that warm water and I had prepared my mind and like had to keep telling myself, okay, slow down, you know, Mm -hmm. like this isn't a marathon. We're not trying to see who finishes the race the fastest. So, and then, um, yeah, they fixed me up and gave me my baby and, um, the recovery room was just outside of the room. So as soon as I was ready to go over there, um, they helped me and my husband into this room and it was so nice. So they had, it was just like a queen size bed. They had a little cradle in there, a rocking chair. They even had these awesome, like the pillows that have the back and the armrests for breastfeeding. Um, so yeah, they had one of those in there they had a TV and we made sure to bring a fan because I can't sleep in silence. (laughs) (laughs) Um, cause we knew we'd be staying the night. Um, and then they just let us be, Mm. they got us all set up. And my uh, doula did help me like with um, the first latch and stuff because obviously I've never breastfed, breastfed before. Right. But that was something that I very much wanted to do and wanted to be successful at. So she did help me with that before she left. Um, and everyone just like made sure I was good. And at this time, after everything, by the time we get in the room, it's probably like five o'clock at night now. And they all went home. So we're just left in the birth center. I mean, the... They do have a kitchen in there too and they have snacks and stuff stocked and we could bring whatever food we wanted. And then obviously there was another mom in recovery, but it was just us there and my midwife and all her staff live relatively closely to the center. So if we needed them, they'd be there in a second, but there was no 
two-hour checking. There was no people bothering us all night long. There was none of it. Mm-hmm. It was just, okay, you have your baby. If you need me, call me. If there's anything of any concern that comes up, do not hesitate to get a hold yeah, of me. But I'll be like, right there. There you go. And I was just like, whoa, I just did that. Mm-hmm. And now <laughs> I have a whole human that I have to take care of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that that's so amazing. And then, I, I mean, to me, it's pretty obvious then why you went into deciding to be a doula after yeah. that. But let's hear, let's hear about that. So I... Uh, went home and started motherhood. I mean, I have always had one or two jobs at the time, like at a time. Like I've always worked and or been doing something, and so I was now gone from all that to a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very lucky that I have that uh, capability of being able to stay at home with our our son. So, um, I took like the next couple weeks to just really figure out how to live life. Like I just had a baby, you know, like everything changes at that instant. And all I could think of was just like, oh my gosh, that was the coolest thing Mm -hmm. I have ever witnessed in my entire life. And it literally just made my passion for birth and babies and all of that pregnancy grow so much. And so when I was like, two months postpartum, I think I got a hold of Kelly Curtis. Um, she's desert doula. Uh, I went to school with her and I knew that she was a doula. And so I was like, Hey, I really think I want to be a doula. How do you do this? Yeah. And she's so sweet. She like sent me everything. She's like, I took this class with this person and da da da. Like she's got one coming up if you're really serious about it. So I got on her website and like, yeah, she had one coming up in September so two months later, so I, I told my husband, I'm like, I really think this is something that I want to do. And I, I feel like this is something that also is very friendly to being a stay at home mom, you know, yeah. and, and like the lifestyle that I live and also for the lifestyle that I believe in and for like my passions. And I, you know, I've been so confused for so long about what I want to do. And now, like, I just feel like it's so clear. Yeah. And he was like, send it, babe, do it, <laughs> you know? So he is super supportive. So I signed up for it. Trish got a hold of me and, you know, she's like, hey, I know it's in a couple months, but like, here's the list of things you're going to have to do. And it had like the books and stuff to read, like start working on that now and I'll see you when class starts, you know? Yeah. So when my son was four months old, I hauled him and everything under the sun <laughs> that I could possibly think that I needed. You know, you could totally tell I was that first time mom shown up. I had the boppy. I had, the, <laughs> the, you know, the sound machine. I had the diaper bag and, you know, everything like snacks and drink, you know. Yeah. So I showed up and luckily I was able to take him with me. Yeah. And it was, uh, I think it was a two day training, two or three day. I can't quite remember. But yeah, I took her training and I'm so lucky that I knew who Kelly was and that um, we were kind of familiar with each other because honestly, she has been such a blessing to me and my journey of becoming a doula that like I seriously owe (laughs) so much to her because she really did just like take me under her wing and help mentor me. So after I took the training, I got a hold of her and I was like, Hey, I need to get some birth. So if you're ever willing to like have a shadow, I would love to, you know, um, shadow you. And then Amanda Griffith also does mentoring. So I got a hold of her too and told her like if she had me in the future. I would love to mentor. So I did my training in, at the end of September. So this was at the beginning of like October 
and I think I got hold of Amanda a little later but Kelly was like yeah absolutely you know I um I've had a couple shadows in the past I asked my clients if they're okay with it and you know I'll let you know so she actually had one coming up in December and it was a girl that I knew and went to school with too so she was like heck yeah bring her so my very first birth was with Kelly and it was um a birth center birth and yeah I got to go with her and with uh, she was so awesome when I shadowed her she like it was very hands-on like she treated me almost as an equal even though I didn't even know really what I was doing but mm-hmm. She let me be a part of the whole process and she really helped me gain the confidence in myself of like, Mm -hmm. I really can do this. Like, I really feel like I know what I'm doing and I feel like I can really help these women, you know, that want to work with me. So I did a birth with her in December and in January and then I did one with Amanda in February. That's so awesome. Yeah. And then my very first client um, actually went into labor the same night as the client I had with Amanda so <laughs> baptism by fire yeah, I was like hey I've got a I'm they were a literally next door to it could oh my not gosh. have been more perfect yeah it was like one after another so I told her like hey I'm right here I'm here you know she's getting close when yeah. she delivers I'm all yours but if you need me I'm here you know yeah so and then I did have um Amanda she had a girl that was trying to get into a birth with her and she's like hey I've got someone that would probably be willing to come help you since I had been there uh, for like 13 hours already mm-hmm. she's like i've got someone that could probably come help if if you want you know so your client doesn't have to be alone at all and so that was really really awesome um and then uh, yeah i kind of just like ever since then have been taking clients and yeah you've been pretty busy as far as the new doula goes yeah i've been pleasantly surprised with that myself too like I, it really just instills in me that much more that like i really am doing what i am meant to do like yeah i have had a great year. I've only been a doula for a little over a year. So September was my year. And um, from the time I started to now, I've been able to attend 10 births. And so those are with the mentorships I've done and also my own clients. And it has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I have just been filled with so much gratitude and love for these women that are willing to work with me, the birth community that we have here in Southern Utah and for just this, my passion in all of this, mm-hmm. like it really has been so amazing. And also the community that I have in my personal life, like I have so many people that are just so proud of me and excited for what I'm doing that and willing to take my son in a like second of a notice, you know, cause birth is not planned. It just yeah. happens. Yeah. So it's really been so awesome and wonderful. And I am genuinely so excited to see what happens with it you know in the next couple years obviously this year it'll probably be a little slower because I am having my own child in April yeah so in just a couple months but I have a birth plan before and a birth plan after I'm planning to take births after so yeah it's been wonderful I've loved it and also just being a part of this community and being so welcomed in a group that's all like a lot of people are out doing this like there's a lot of doulas here yep and there is it's not like a competition it is not competitive whatsoever everyone is just so happy to have everyone here yeah and it is unlike anything i've ever seen before because when you think about business and when you think about women and a lot of women working together most often you think that like there's going to be some cattiness. There's yep. going to be some competition. There's going to be some 
like seniority and this, that, and the other. And it is not like that. Like I have been welcomed with such open arms. And I even with my own clients, I tell them when I uh, do consultations, like I think everyone should interview more than one doula yeah. so that you you feel like you're with the person who can support you the best and who you get along with the best. And that's honestly how this community has been too. It's just, it's so wonderful. And it's also awesome to know, like as a new doula, I have a, an, an entire community of people that I can reach out to if I experience something in a birth that I'm kind of unsure about or if I feel like I need some opinions. Like I have so many women that I can reach out to for advice and I can get it in a split second because there's so many of them too. Right. Like it's like it, when you hire someone in the birth village, you kind of hire the whole village. It's really, really, really awesome. Yeah. I do love that about our community and it is so unique mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful. Do you have like a favorite experience that you've had as a doula? Oh goodness. Most memorable or something like that? Um, so well, I I was able to be at a close friend of mine's birth. And so that was really cool. I was a new doula at the time and I had barely gotten trained and she didn't know that I had been doing it at the time. She was actually one of Trisha's clients. So I was like, hey. I knew she was planning a home birth and like um, that she was pregnant. I was like, I'm a doula now. And so if you, and and I was like, I, I know that it's not like well-known and I know I'm new, but like, if you want any extra help, like I would love to help you, but like also totally understand, like, you know? Yeah. So that was really cool to be able to be there for someone that I knew pretty personally in my own life. Yeah. And to watch that and to see that happen, you know, and I'll actually be able to go to another one of her births here soon. Oh, so really cool. Yeah. I loved that. And then um, probably my most, gosh, they're all so awesome. It's yeah. hard to choose, but like the one that comes to mind, um, when I think about it, that has been the most like influential so far is I did a home birth in Veo and the mom got, she got a hold of me pretty late in her pregnancy. Like she was, it wasn't that much longer after she hired me that she had her baby and it, it happened pretty quickly. It was her third child. Um, but, um, right after she had her baby, you know, I was kind of, um, to her back. Um, I, I got around to the front of her and she's just beaming from the inside, just <laughs> smiling, you know, she had, so this was her third baby. All of her babies had been unmedicated. Um, this was her first home birth and this was her first time having a doula as well. And her first time using a midwife. And she, you know, some people like when they think about like after you have a baby, you think like the mom's like sobbing and stuff like that's not always how it happens, you know? Right. So she wasn't like that. She was just like beaming. Like, mm-hmm. I wish I could show everyone this picture. Honestly, I should ask her if I can post it. It's because it's not like it doesn't expose anything. But like yeah. the look on her face, she had the biggest smile I've ever seen in my life. And she just looked like she was in utter euphoria. And like, it was the most beautiful thing I have ever seen in my entire life. And after talking to her, like, um, when we did our postpartum visit, like asking her, like, so how was this birth compared to your last? Cause she had told me she had her last two babies in the hospital and that she just didn't love her experience. She didn't love who she had been just because, of specific things to her you know we don't need to tell her story Mm -hmm. um but she just told me like you know I've never felt like so loved and supported and she's like I got everything that I wanted and it truly she I mean I wish I could remember everything she said because it was so beautiful (laughs) but she's just like yeah I got everything I wanted like I felt completely supported like 
I just felt so like loved and happy and her face will forever imprint in my mind. Like it was just such a beautiful thing. And then to see my favorite part of all of this, I'm not a doula to see these babies. You know, I'm, I, I love the saying that I'm not a doula to hold babies. I'm a doula to hold the mother. It really truly is that like to be there for someone in the most vulnerable part of their life and to be a part of something that is so intimate and to have someone trust you that much to invite you in that space is seriously such an honor. Yeah. And so my favorite part is talking to these women about after birth and like their experience and you know how grateful they are just to have someone hold their hand mm-hmm. and to tell them good job. You know, being a doula isn't always super physical. Most of the time people really just need to feel supported and to be told you're doing a good job. Like I'm proud of you, you know? Yeah. And so just seeing how happy it makes people and like to see like birth is just so cool. Yeah. It really yeah. changes you so much. And the women that I've had the opportunity to work with, like, are seriously changing their lives and my life. Like, yeah. it's the most beautiful thing I had ever witnessed in my life. It really is. Oh, that's so awesome. I love, I love your whole story. I love everything you said. And I love to hear you say that because that truly is such a magical mm-hmm. part. And so awesome. Um, I feel like I need to preface this with saying too, like, um, I get questions asked all the time. Like, do you only take women who do oh, home yeah. births or births under births? They're like, are you against epidurals? Like, absolutely not. Like, right. I love all of it. You yeah. know, I've just happened to be able to come into contact with more women who have births like that. And like, that's cool and stuff. And like, obviously me as myself, that's what I, I personally believe in. And so I feel like I've just attracted people like that. But I think all birth is beautiful. Yeah. And all birth is so cool. And yeah. like, the amount of options that we have as a woman nowadays is phenomenal. Yeah. And the amount of support that we have available to us and such a small community mm-hmm. is seriously so amazing. So anybody that wants a doula should have a doula. Yeah. It doesn't matter what kind of birth you want. It doesn't matter what you believe in. Like, it's all so cool. It just might mean that the way that we work and how we like it might, it just means that like the day that we have might look a little different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and our the care type, just changes a little bit compared exactly, to what we want. So. Exactly. But the, a good doula is able to support you and you still, I, I want to say need a doula for whatever you're planning. I almost They'll think still be you, so helpful to you. Yeah. I almost think you need a doula more so in a more medical environment than you do outside because there are so many options available to you in the hospital too that not a lot of people know and I feel like um when you're in a hospital you're kind of like uh blindsided by the white coats they say like you just feel like you don't have as much say or maybe you don't know the right questions to ask and you kind of just get a little nervous you know Mm -hmm. so it's so nice to have someone there that's like hey it's okay Mm mm-hmm you still can have everything you want. Like here's your options. And if something comes up, okay, well you have A, B and C. Mm-hmm. It's not just one way or the highway kind mm-hmm. of a thing. So just having support is seriously the best thing in the world. And I don't think that anybody would ever regret or has ever regretted. I mean, I'm sure there's some people here <laughs> and there if you get someone that you might not work with, but like in my own personal belief, like yeah. you're never going to regret spending that money on a doula. You're no. never going to regret having that extra support because it's just going to make your experience that much better. And and also the the way that a doula can remind you 
no matter what you're doing, no matter what choices you are choosing in your birth, like you're still doing a good job and you're still doing what's right for you and your baby. And they're there to remind you of that. And just to make sure that you feel as good as, as you possibly can about the experience that you're having. Well, and every, any turn that it could take too. And if it's not going exactly how you planned, that's okay. And she's there to remind you exactly. And you know what? We're going to get through this and we're going to do it together. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be great. And you're going to have a healthy, happy baby no matter what. So yeah, yeah, it's just, it's such a beautiful process altogether. I love it all. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all this with us. It has truly been a pleasure to speak with you before and during (laughs) the recording. Um, Can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah. So I, I'm really bad at social media. It gives me a lot of anxiety. So, um, I, I'm not great at it, (laughs) but I am on the birth village website. Um, that's the so birthvillage.org, right? Yes, the birthvillage.org. Um, under the menu, you can click, um, you can find providers and there's a section of doulas in there. So Autumn's in the section of doulas. Yeah, so I'm listed there. And then primarily I just do Instagram. I'm um, at simply.serene.birth. So um, yeah, that's, I try and keep posting on there as much as possible. I need to do better, but also I have a little one. Yeah. <laughs> he runs around Almost and pregnant. Two. Yeah. yeah. He'll be two in <laughs> May and we're having this baby in April. So I am, I'm a pretty busy lady, you know? Um, but yeah, I think it's awesome that you do what feels right to you. Mm-hmm. Social media can be hard. So dabble as much as feels comfortable. Yeah. I think that's a great philosophy. <laughs> um, okay. Well, thank you one more time. I will list um, all of Autumn's information in the show notes if you want to contact her or even if you want to just support her, go go check Send out her Instagram. <laughs> yeah, go say, hey, I loved your episode. Um, I will link all of that in the show notes as well as those couple of people that she gave a shout out to just so that you can go check them out as well. Um, we love you all so, so much. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. We are like ridiculously grateful for all of you um we would also be even more ridiculously grateful if you would be willing to leave us a rating or review on whatever platform you're listening on it is super duper easy you just go to the show and then there's a place to review it whether that is leave five stars or even write a review on some platforms we you can find us on should be able to find us on any platform that you listen to podcasts on. If we're not on your favorite platform, please let us know so we can correct that issue. You can find us on Instagram at the birth village podcast, and we will be posting some pictures of autumn, probably maybe some pictures of her birth experience or just whatever she shares with me. I will be posting that on our Instagram. So you can check that out. I'll tag her, you know, all the good stuff. If you have any ideas of what you would like to hear about um as far as future episodes go please let us know send us a dm or an email at the birth village podcast at gmail.com um, or if you have any questions that we can answer for you in an upcoming episode let us know again we're so grateful for you thank you for listening and please please remember that empowered women empower women